Forty chat with poops and two Games at home and away Story stats and history About football in Australia Alright, welcome back to another episode of Kick to Kick is Backwards and Coming Forwards uh, Charlie and I are here and again we're on Zoom, Charlie We are, we are unfortunately We're over Zoom But we'll be back together again next week, Tim Soon, I can't wait uh, so we're gonna we're gonna break down round eight for you. Um, just before we do, a few little bits and pieces. Um, finally, well, officially, well done, Tasmania. Officially yes. given the nineteenth license. Um, I found very, out a little, very exciting little fun fact. I found out about Tassie as well, and maybe explain something. Every single team has played games in Tasmania against you know Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Securda, Fitzroy. Except for mm-hmm. Collingwood. Collingwood have never played an official AFL VFL game down there. I mean, it'd be the that'd be one of the easiest things to guess ever. If you said which AFL team hasn't played in in Tassie, that's the first team you're going to guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now we know we know they did exhibition games and stuff down there, like the early 1900s. I think that's where their theme song was actually written. Was that's Tasmania. right on the on the boat on the way home? Yeah, and rem- and remember they came back from the trip. And they worked out this the stab pass, and they came back yes. and they implemented that in the game against Geelong. So we know they've definitely played games there, just not official games. Mm, yep, yep. Um, but yes, yeah, so looking forward to that, and maybe we dissect the Tasmania and the history of that a bit longer in another episode. Hundred um, percent. And also, when I I, I, um, I got the AFL twenty three game on my PlayStation last week, I during the week. Fantastic. Um. So if anyone wants to, I'm, I'm going to slowly start making some of these older players. If anyone wants to download Dick Condon, Albert Thurgood, or I've designed the East Melbourne Cricket Ground, they they're on the network there. Oh, so you, so other people can yeah, you can share. upload these different characters, can they? Yeah. yeah, you can make custom teams, custom grounds, custom players, and Amazing. yeah, you can share them online. So how? So is it just current lists that come with the game? Yeah, and there's a few. I think there's a few legends as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing is there's a lot of old heritage jumpers as well. So they're a really great. good job of bringing back jumpers. Awesome, awesome. Now you, now you're just creating the players. Fantastic. That's it. Yeah. Um. So let's get stuck into round eight, Charlie. Shout out to Swamp Thing on uh Twitter, who we get a lot of inspiration from as well. Of course. Of course, he's pretty fantastic. So let's start with Friday night, and that was Carlton versus Brisbane at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, Simon Meredith officiating his 450th AFL game. Yeah, amazing. There's only, there's only four umpires ahead of him. Yeah, and he's done something, I think it was it's seven grand finals as well, something which like is that. extremely yeah. impressive. Yeah. So Shane McInerney holds the record of 500 games. Hayden Kennedy, 495 then there's two who are still umpiring, Brett Rosebury on 490 and Matt Stevick on 458. So quite a few who have lasted quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very impressive. Um, two milestones in this game. The first one, Charlie Cameron played his 100th consecutive game for the Lions. He's chasing Marcus Ashcroft's record of 170. It's got a fair while to go. Don't, don't know if you can make that. We'll see. Yeah. Um, we had Sam Doherty playing his 150th game. Um, little fun fact, he also he played his first game and his 150th game under a same coach but at different clubs. Hey, that's yeah. really interesting. There's some, here's, here's a list of some other players who have done the same. Brent Crosswell, 
Mm-hmm. Carlton and Melbourne with Ron Barassi. Uh, we've got Russell Green. Alan Jeans was his coach at St Kilda and Hawthorne. Actually, there's a few Barassis here. Stephen Ick and um, Jarrett, who I'm, I'm not sure exactly where Started they were. Started at Carlton, finished at Melbourne, yeah. I'd say so, or potentially North Melbourne. Oh, uh, yeah, Scott of course. Ma- Scott McIver, who I I think – Scott McIver, I know he finished at Brisbane. I can't remember where he started. Robert Walls was his coach. Ronnie Burns, Adelaide and Geelong. Chad Morrison, um, he was coached by Mick Malthouse at West Coast and at Collingwood. And the most recent one before Doherty was Jared Harbrow. Rodney Ead coached him at the Bulldogs and at the Suns. And at the Suns. There you go. That's, it's amazing. I mean, as we said last week, there's not much that hasn't happened before. Exactly. When yeah. you hear that, you're like, oh, that, surely that's the only time that's happened. But now it's happened to about seven different people. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, this was the first game in 23 games that Harry Mackay hasn't kicked it behind. The Lions scored a record. They scored 85 points from Carlton turnovers during the game, which is insane. Wow. Um, Josh Dunkley scored what I guess the NBA would call a quadruple double. <laughs> 22 kicks, 11 handballs, 11 marks, 13 tackles. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, and Carlton seemed to have a bit of a curse. The last five times they've won by over 100 points, they've then lost the next week. Just dates back to the year 2000. Okay. They get, get a little bit ahead of themselves too quickly. Yeah, absolutely they do. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, that takes us to our second game of the round, and that was Richmond West Coast on Saturday. And at, at one point, this looked like it, uh, it could have been a bit of a boil over. Yeah, West Coast was definitely stuck with the Tigers for half of the game. Um, yeah. The only thing I've really got to note here is Oscar Allen, who seems to be having a great season for the Eagles. He's only one of two players in the league who have kicked multiple goals in every single game this season. Who's the other? Jeremy Cameron. Of course. So doing that in the bottom team... It's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. That's almost Roy Park-like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're my man. <laughs> uh, so then we have uh, had Geelong versus Adelaide. Yes, I said I was going to go to this game. I ended up – I couldn't get tickets. It was too hard to get to. Um, yeah. Last time the Crows beat Cats at Cardinia was June 1st, 2003. Yep, and I think 12, we're going to be uh, waiting a while still. Yeah, so I think – with this loss, that's 13 straight losses at that venue for them. Um, and the Cats are the first team since the Kangaroos in 2007 to lose their first three, but then win their next five. Yeah, wow. It's pretty, it's, yeah, it's been a massive turnaround for them. Do you what you'd be, you'd be um, thanking your lucky stars that you played them early if you were one of those for, in those first three rounds. Get yes. that one out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom Hawkins draws level with Doug Wade on 95 games where he's kicked the goal at Cutting Your Park. Mm-hmm. So it's not a not a great year for Doug Wade records, is it? No, he's, he's but, getting covered. But he's about to it's, overtake him. It's taken a fair while. Let's so he's doing pretty well. And uh, Jeremy Cameron had three goals. So remember, he had to kick an average of like four point five or something to reach the hundred. So he's he's kicking he's up making life now. even harder for himself. He is. He's got to have a he's got to have a game where he boots. He needs a couple of least. bags. Yeah, he needs a couple of bags. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so that takes us on to the later Saturday afternoon game, which was the Suns versus Melbourne. What a game. Yeah. I was really – I, I watched the whole second half and it was it was a great game. Yeah, um, the, it was it was very it was very intense. I was I had a, a hope, I guess, that um 
melt, we they would run out of puff as Gold Coast have been known to do in previous years, but they did not. No, did you? Um, you, I know before we, we started recording, you were talking about how good Matty Rao was. Yeah. Um, did you see the footage of him eating grass before the game? Oh, so there's a footage that just footage to get himself out in one with the ground. Well, what maybe it works. So he was there, like stretching and stuff, and he just he eats a little bit of the grass. Just maybe there the sacrifice go. he makes. <laughs> um, Melbourne haven't lost the last quarter all season. They have won mm. every single last quarter they've played, um, which bodes well for when they play Collingwood. Does it? Does yes. Good point. Um, and I was messaging you during this game. Bailey Fritch didn't kick a goal. I know, and he had a couple of good chances. His streak ends at 35. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Charlie Kernow is now our greatest hope. He's got 29 straight games. 29. Okay. That's They're not right. far behind. Yeah. No, seriously. Uh, and then the, the next game we've got there is the GWS Bulldogs game, which we which we were talking about uh, at the end of last week as a good little rivalry. Sometimes there's some great games that come out of this. This wasn't – there wasn't as many fireworks as I would have hoped. No. No, it was pretty – I mean, the, the Giants hang in there and they, they gave them a run for their money, but wasn't what I hoped for. And the Giants have actually no. lost their last nine games at Monica Oval. Um, so since round 21, 2019, which is an interesting stat because you go back just not too far from that and they they had won nine straight. So they made it a fortress. Between 2016 and 2018, they won nine straight. Now and then they lost it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the bond was huge in that game. 26 contested possessions, 14 clearances. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Massive. Um, and then the final game on Saturday night was the Hawks Frio. What did you think of the Dockers' uh, uniform? It reminded reminded me a little bit of the um, the the AFLX sort of yes. gear. It's a little bit like that, yeah. It's a good call. So it's the uh, the Starlight Purple Haze game where they wear this special jumper which features four yellow stripes that fade to white as they come together in the middle to meet a Starlight wand. They've actually been playing this Starlight Purple Haze game since 2000 and, uh, 2001, I think. Okay. 21st anniversary of it. So they've been playing it for a long time, but I think the jumper's fairly new. Yeah. Yeah, not, not in my top 10 jumpers. It's not great. <laughs> no. No, um, um, Luke. Yes, so this was a fair drubbing. It was. Um, with Luke Bruce being rested as well, this is the first game since two thousand and eight that hasn't featured a Hawthorne Premiership player in the starting lineup. Really? So since the year they won their first prem, like that, we won that premiership. Yeah, well, since, that's amazing. Yeah, since they grand final, I guess technically. Yeah, but they haven't had a Premiership player in that time, in that team. Amazing. Mm. Um, and their fifth goalless third quarter this season. So yes. third quarters, we talk about Melbourne's great last quarters. Hawthorne have terrible third quarters. They've equaled their record from 1925, their very first season in the VFL, where they also had Ooh. five goalless third quarters. The scary thing Ugh. there is they, they've got another, you know, 14 games to better that record. Yeah. And we know that things didn't bode well after the 1925 season. How long did it take them? 50 years to make a final? Yeah, fifth, yeah, not until 57, I think it was, 58, 57. Oh, so it's about 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. if Hawthorne are out of the funds for 30 years, I don't. I think everyone else would breathe easy. Yeah, we'll be all right. For a little while. Yeah. Uh, so that takes us to Sunday's matches. And uh, Timmy, Essendon, Port Adelaide. It must have been a bit heart-wrenching to watch this one. I didn't actually see much of it. I saw little bits and pieces. Um, considering they beat us by 85 points last year in Melbourne, I was quite happy that we fought it out, especially with some of the injuries. Um, it's an interesting balance of like, you, I don't want to be accepting losses, but on the flip side, last year we weren't fighting games out and we weren't showing heart. So I'm quite proud of the way they're playing and, and definitely much more watchable. Yeah. You've got, you've got to be positive about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we had a shot, uh, we had a shot at the goal in the last minute to draw the game. So I know, yeah. I know. Like, like I've been like, yeah, like as I've all season. Saying, yeah, since the start, you don't want to, uh, you don't want your expectations to get ahead of yourself either. So you exactly. should, you should be, you know, enjoying good, close, hard-fought games. And I've been saying this most of this season. I don't, I don't want to make finals. I don't want to limp into the finals again yeah, just to get bundled out. I prefer to not make finals, get some experience, and then hit hit it properly next year. Yeah. Um, this game yeah. though, or make them well, obviously. Yeah, this game is the most hyphenated match in AFL VFL history, Charlie. Five players okay. with hyphenated names. Five. Yeah, we got Darcy Byrne Jones, Jason Horn Francis, Anthony McDonald Tippin Woody, Sam Pal Pepper, and Brandon Zerk Thatcher. <laughs> Five. It's a record. That's amazing. Okay, so. We are making records this year. There you go. These things haven't happened before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have to be really obscure, but they do. Yeah, you have to. I was going to say, you've got to look pretty far, but they're there. They're definitely yeah. there. Um, so then, then on to Collingwood versus Sydney on Sunday, Arvo. I didn't think we were going to get a score at Garmy, but this game gave us one. 77 to 48 has never happened. That is surprising to me. Isn't it? 77 to 48 isn't like a ridiculous score. So there you go. No. Um, first time since 2013 that Collingwood hosted Sydney in Melbourne. The last time, of course, Sydney played Melbourne. Sydney played Collingwood in Melbourne was the Adam Goods booing game or the mm. game that stuff happened. So um, yes. there's still five players left from that game as well. Jamie Elliott, Scott Pendlebury, still side bottom, Luke Parker, four players, I should say. Yeah. Um, a lot of people complaining about this that Collingwood haven't played Sydney in Melbourne. Um <laughs> But it should also be pointed out that Collingwood haven't played Geelong in Geelong since 1999. Yeah. So if we're yeah. talking about in, talking about inequity, there's another one. Collingwood have never there's played all, in Tasmania. Yeah, there's always yeah. going to be those sorts of weird little things going on, aren't there? Yeah. Especially when you – well, yeah, you talk about you talk about Sydney who, you know, do get do get a bit of love as they should. Collingwood probably get a bit more than they deserve, but. It's because they always pack out the G. So they do. And speaking of that, re- there's a reason for it. Their crowd, seventy-one thousand four hundred sixty-three, was the fifth biggest home and away crowd for games involving an interstate opponent. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you, yeah, you talk about not playing Geelong in Geelong. Well, if you can get more than the the capacity at Geelong to the game, then why would you? It's kind of that same thing of. I'll I tell you why you uh, would because home ground advantage. Why have to play their finals? So what, yeah. but why Geelong have to play their finals at the G? <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's kind of the same argument, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. So 
the only the bigger crowd, the biggest crowd of all time for an interstate game was in 2019, Brisbane Richmond, 76,995. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Timmy, I think this is probably a good time for you to mention the little stat that you threw at me over the weekend about. It is. We have um, obviously the coronation on Saturday as well. It is. So look, those fans out there, just I hate to break this to you. We all need. We've got. We've got a lot, enough time now to get used to Collingwood being in the grand final because it is guaranteed. Every year <laughs> since eight, every year there's been a British monarch coronated. Collingwood have made the grand final. Yeah. So since since the v, since the start of the VFL. Yeah. Since every yeah. coronation. Yeah. So nineteen hundred two. Nineteen hundred two, where they beat Essendon. Nineteen eleven, they lost to Essendon. Nineteen thirty seven, they lost to Geelong. Nineteen fifty three, they beat Geelong. And that was obviously the last one. So yeah. now we might be guaranteed that Collingwood are going to make the grand final. Doesn't mean they're going to win. It. Doesn't mean they're going to win it. They've got a 50-50 strike rate so far in Coronation Cups. The other thing, yes, yeah, the other thing we can probably lock in as well is whoever they play in this year's grand final, they will play in like the next twenty years when the next monarch is coronated as well. Because it seems and to be the same team. They'll if they win this time, they'll lose the next one. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, fifty-fifty. So there's hope. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, and I think when we predicted last week, I said the, the Swans would get out by about twelve points late in the game. They only got out by about eight or so, so I was a few points off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other, but to be fair, Collingwood actually did have the run of it at the end. It was it was their game. Yeah, absolutely. They did. They they weren't really that challenged in the end. Um, and the other thing was the booing which came out of this. And it's yes. really unfortunate because, you know, Collingwood's such a, a golden run. And I'm, I'm, I was trying to think about why I hate Collingwood so much. And it's the, it's the fans. It's 100% the fans. And they don't do themselves any favour with this kind of behaviour. No. no. And the, the, I, I was just thinking, as you said, the last time that they played Sydney in Melbourne was the Adam Goods match. It's a real shame that a similar thing happened this time. Mm. The... I was trying to think of a positive, and you should, I guess I probably shouldn't, but the only thing I could think was at, at least the club and everyone around it has come out and apologised and admonished those people who did it yep. straight away. Yep, and that's, yeah, as I said, it makes them but, very likeable, which is annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a very, it's extremely disappointing that that yeah. happened, um, and let's just hope that that disgraceful minority of people keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and on on that note, let's move to the final game of the round, which was North Melbourne St Kilda. Did you see um, any of this game? I did not. Oh, no. it was one of the worst games for a long time. <laughs> there was a game in two thousand and. Eight, I think it was between St Kilda and Hawthorne, between the same coaches, that was equally as as rubbish. So this one was, had the most inaccurate first quarter and then opening half in AFL VFL history at Docklands. Yes. Halftime, it was a combined three goals, sixteen thirty-four accuracy of fifteen point seven nine percent. Oh my god! Yeah, and their combined score of twelve twenty six ninety eight was the third lowest aggregate score at Docklands ever. The worst was 12-18-90, and that was during the COVID-affected shortened games. 
Oh, yeah, so it doesn't, yeah. You, we've got to put an asterisk on anything that we came do, out yeah. there. So the, then the next worst was round six, 2010. The Saints and Dogs kicked 13, 17, 95. Mm. Yeah, so not great. Actually, the last time North was held goalless, so the North was seven behinds at halftime. Last time they were held goalless at halftime was round 12, 1979 against the Bombers with the same scoreline of zero goals, seven. God. Yeah, ugly, ugly stuff. Yeah. Now, Charlie, I know you've been hanging out to find out who won the state of origin that we talked about last week. Yes, of course. We've got mixed results. So Victoria A, the Doggies and Collingwood, defeated New South Wales, 162 to 119. We've got Victoria B, Geelong and Essendon, defeating South Australia, 190 to 164. Okay. But then we've got uh, Queensland defeating Victoria C, which was Carlton and Melbourne, 185 to 164. And West Coast West Coast defeating – so Western Australia defeating Victoria D, 175 to 152. That was Hawthorne and Richmond. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they properly lost, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. That's why they're Victoria yeah. C and D. <laughs> yeah. Coles goals winner for the round. We had Frio taking out the round eight high, most goals kicked, 18 goals. And the Demons still lead, but just, Charlie, 131 goals they've kicked for the season. The Cats are next on 129, breathing down their necks. You would imagine that uh, that, that might be overtaken this coming weekend. Although, mm. Melbourne do have Hawthorne, so hopefully we can uh, we can make the most of that. Yeah, well, that's a perfect segue into the next round. Let's uh, yes. look at the preview. Let's do it. So let's talk round nine. Uh, on Friday night, we have the two games, Richmond versus Geelong and West Coast versus the Suns. Two games on Friday night. Yeah. Sweet. Um, Richmond and Geelong's been a pretty good rivalry recently as well um, with some pretty tough games. Obviously, that grand final in 2020. Yeah. Um, and Tom, is it Tom Stewart or Tom Atkins? Who was the one who knocked out Prestia last year? One of the Toms. Was it Stewart? Be- Think so. You did, yeah. So in that situation, I, I I think the crowd can boo if if you've done something like that to another player. There's that's a legitimate reason to boo. Yeah. I I like. I almost feel like if it happens in the game, then yes. Or if it's happened in the previous week, but I feel like not last year. From me, from last year, you just let, like that stuff. But it's the first time they've played since then. Yeah, I mean, how how long how long can you hold on to these sorts of grudges? Yeah. Um, and Dion Prestia, speaking of him, he plays his two hundredth game. Exciting. Yep. Exciting. Exciting. Um, And Battle of the Coasters, which really isn't a rivalry at all. No. Not at all. Nothing. Not at all. Nothing there. Two. Yeah. But no, not much happening there. So let's move on to uh, Saturday. We've got uh, Sydney versus the Dockers. Yep, SCG. 11th and, 11th and 12th of the SCG. North Melbourne, got... Port Adelaide. Yep. Can, North, can North supporters boo Jason Horn francis Yes. Yeah, that's the one, like, that's one reason, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it happened, I don't, I don't like when clubs boo players who've left when it wasn't that player's choice. Like Adam Trelaw, yeah. Or, you know, it hap- it happens it happens reasonably often, but that one I think is fair. 
Yeah. Okay. And it's it's weird they've scheduled that to for Tasmania as well. Why wouldn't they do that in Melbourne? Like they they could really pump up the um rivalry there. That Horn Francis thing, yeah. Seriously. Um. Well, maybe they they're thinking it's going to be a low low crowd anyway. Playing Port Adelaide in Melbourne may as well be let that be one of our Tassie games. Mm. Uh. And then we have Hawthorne Melbourne at the G. Yeah, once upon a time, these two teams played for the TM Ferguson Trophy. I think we talked about this in in our other podcast and the other version of it. Um, yep. He was a former – TM Ferguson was a former Hawthorne captain who was also a statistician at Melbourne in the years before his death. Um, and between the in the 50s and 60s, they played for the TM Ferguson Memorial Trophy, which was nice. presented to the winning side. Very nice. And it's, he kind of faded out. Um, Stephen May also plays his 200th game. Interesting that – him and Precious, are two ex-sons, are playing their 200th game this week. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, it is interesting. Um, and then Saturday night, we've got the two games. We've got Essendon-Brisbane yep. and Doggies-Carlton. Yeah, should be both interesting game. Bombers beat the Lions up there last year. Um, Carlton-Bulldogs will be interesting to see where Carlton is. A lot of criticism on them this week. Can they bite back? Yeah. Yeah. Another team who I think maybe got a bit ahead of themselves at the start of the year and are now coming back to reality. Yeah. Uh, so Sunday's games, we've got the two games, Adelaide versus St Kilda um, yep. at, in Adelaide. That Again, one. that'll be a great that, – that should be a good game. A good test Adelaide, for St Kilda, that one. Yeah, Adelaide's in good form and St Kilda are also, so it'll be interesting to see how they go in front of a hostile crowd in Adelaide. Yeah. And the final game of the round, Collingwood GWS at the G. Now, I I, I got to tell you, Charlie, I can't see the Giants getting that far ahead by the third quarter. They might be lucky to kick the first goal of the game and get a, six points ahead, but it's going to be like that. Might I feel like it's going to be pretty boring to watch if Collingwood can't come back and win. Yeah, <laughs> they just win from the start. Where's the fun in that? Well, I mean, they need they need to learn how to do it that way as well, don't they? So we'll see. Um, Jack Crisp actually draws level with Jock McHale for 191 games straight played for Collingwood. Wow. So McHale did that between round 13, 1906 with a win over Essendon until 1917 in round two, 1917 against Carlton. And that was the record for quite a long time. It was a long, very long time. Um, And probably much more impressive considering, you know, there was a world war chucked in there as well. Shorter seasons. I mean, pretty incredible that Jock McHale was able to do that. Yeah. Um, and I can I can highly recommend the Jock McHale book for anyone who wants to find out more about him. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got to give those little recommendations of things that have happened in the past. Obviously, mo- most people would know the name Jock McHale now from, from uh, the Jock McHale medal that's given yeah. to the winning coach on the grand final and just the history of Collingwood, but who the man was and how long he coached and his, uh, uh, his legacy, yeah, his, his legacy on the game and the Collingwood football club in particular is incredible. So definitely oh, worth ridiculous, yeah. reaching into the history books and learning a bit more about old Jock. For yep. Sure. yep. Um, yeah. So that gets us to the end of another episode, Charlie. Yeah, round eight. Uh, we're a third of the way through the season. Are we? Yeah. Well, I reckon the top eight is pretty. Top eight's pretty set. I can't see much changes happening there. Carlton. There's a, there's about four or five clubs battling for that last spot, but 
Collingwood Demons, Saints, Lions, Power, Cats, Dogs, I, I reckon are pretty safe. No, you never know. There's there's still a lot of footy to be played and you know, a couple of couple of injuries. And yeah. you never know sure. what could happen still. Yeah. Okay. I think I think you're I think you're probably on the right track, but really, yeah, you guys, Adelaide, Sydney could get if they get their themselves together and Frio as well, like you never you'd never know. I mean it's just really who plays Collingwood in the grand final that we need to know, isn't it? <laughs> That's all we're looking for, exactly. Yeah. So, Song of the Week, uh, I thought it might be a good chance to listen to Don't Let the Big V Down by Greg Champion as a tribute to our pseudo-state of origin games we had last weekend. Yeah, beautiful. Sounds great. Well, until we get to talk about those round nine games and what happens, Timmy, uh, I will. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person then and, and enjoying maybe – I know I was going to say maybe Collingwood getting knocked off the top of the ladder, but I just don't think it can happen. Unfortunately. No, you'll, you'll probably be able to enjoy winning the TM Ferguson medal, though. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. Beautiful. Well, until then, guys, we're root. A young man in the change room Reflecting on his fate Trying to block the nerves in his first game for the state When boldly steps up to him A bulldog kind of man Fixed his eyes upon him And as he pressed his hand Just it up to the new kid, especially the same.
Thanks for listening to the Kick to Kick podcast present Backward in Coming Forward. You can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, our email address is kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, we have Twitter at kicktokickpod or on Facebook. Or you can find us on Instagram at backwards and coming forward. For a full list of our resources and things we use to inform our show, head to kicktokickpodcast.com. You'll also find some interesting things in all our old episodes. Once again, thank you for listening.